I'd be meet the stars of different people Taming wild, gazing up upon the glimmers Hopeful dreaming like a child We imagine what could be, where would we go And will we do it, slowly get there gracefully A rushing force because we blew it What's going on guys? Welcome to the Magical Bro Transformation Podcast Episode, special episode That's right This week, Nuni, the biggest liar in the world Is joined <laughs> by <laughs> His one of the usual magical bro hosts, Mike. Um, yeah. Fortunately, we're one bro down, but one bro up in a different sense with our best bro, the magical, the mystical, the Miguel. Miguel. The slowest bro. The slowest bro, as it, as Discord is to know to know him. Well, it took me the longest to get to the con, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, but you can not really help that. Yeah. yeah. And I was gonna be in about the same boat as you. Uh, it was just that beforehand, my uh, in quotes boss was like, "Hey, uh, you don't have to come all day today." And I was like, "Cool." And then before I left, he was like, "Well, can you come in for like two hours and then you can leave?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> and it's better than uh, you know leaving late. Yeah, so I did that. But yep. I don't know how how could I describe you, Miguel? You're a you're a man uh, of many hats, a father, many hats. a uh, yeah. A cog in the wheel, a uh, animation fan. Yeah, yeah, I've always yeah. have liked animation. Yeah, just started watching My Hero Academia. Well, today, really, after after we uh, got back from the con. Yeah, he was a budding, a budding uh, anime connoisseur. <laughs> yeah, my daughter, my daughter was even watching it a little bit, and she was like, "Man, I could just see the look on her face." Just uh, she turned to look at me, and I thought that she was saying. Damn, Dad, you're a weeb now. <laughs> You've uh, you're you're starting to let go of the edge of the pool, and you're slowly. No, I'm still <laughs> holding on. As I said then, <laughs> still got to hold on. Oh, toss me some floaties. Oh, I'll be all right. <laughs> Just take a leisurely. A I do leisurely love comic books. You're uh, you're one of the few people that I knew in high school that like like comic books and stuff. I mean, especially mm. in Del Rio, there weren't too many uh fans other than. Well, no. Huh? <laughs> No, yeah, not around here. No. Still not even a comic book store. There was one for There like used to be. And I remember it because yeah. they used to sell um, Gundam models. And I used to go oh, with my yeah. uncle and we would go buy them from there. Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember one oh. shop that uh, I bought an oversized Jawbreaker from. And I was like, oh my God, I want to be like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And uh, <laughs> it's not as fun as, as they make it seem to be. You can't actually yeah. fit the whole thing yeah, in your mouth. Yeah, jawbreakers really aren't, you know, because, like, my, I'd never, like, gone out and wanted to, or, like, looked for them. And then Ed and Eddie came out, and I was like, man, I want a jawbreaker. Yeah. And then I got them, and I was like, wow, this is, like, not fun. It's really sticky because, like, you can't just keep it in your mouth. And, yeah, it's just... It's, it's, it's just, just a not. bad time. You cover It's a bad experience. Shooter. Bad time, and they fuck up your teeth. They do. Gumballs. That's where it's at. Yeah, gumballs are fun. Like the uh, wonderful world is known to show me. <laughs> I, I mean, I haven't really kept up too much with it, but from some stuff I've seen, it seems like it's still going all right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of episodes, and some of the clips are pretty, they're pretty interesting. I'll have to give it a go. And the main reason that I was into it was just the mixed media aspect of it. I thought it was super interesting. And since you know there hasn't can there hasn't really been a show with all those different types of media in it. Yeah, yeah. no, and not like that. No, and that's what really got me to be like, all right, I guess I'll keep watching this. 
And then there there are times when I'm like, Jesus Christ, this is a fucking kids show. <laughs> I I really like that um, it used or like it, one of the like facts about it was that um, Gumball had originally been pitched to Adult Swim, but they said no. Damn. Oh really? Because yeah, because they had said that uh, it looked too uh, childish, childish, and yeah. and then one of on Cartoon Network, and now they're. Uh, they're like just they're always uh, from what I see like just barely. Um, they're, they're pushing it, skirting the line. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they they push it really hard. Well, that that oh. makes for the best stuff. That's why I really liked the original. You know, the few first seasons of regular show. Yeah, because you have to be more creative when you're not on Adult Swim or on Comedy Central or on whatever Fox's late night TV block is. Because you you can't just say fuck and shit and piss and you have to be clever yeah because i'm as far as a lot of adult swim programming goes they just get away with uh horrible not in the sense of the uh, content but just horrible in that it's not good uh jokes and just shit and i you know not having somebody there to tell you no is uh probably one of the things that keeps that going yeah, I I have to say, Moral Oral was like peak Adult Swim. I I love that show <laughs> so damn much. Oh man, man that was, no, yeah, no. It was it's such like, a dark it show, and it was fucking wonderful. You How see, many seasons did that have? Was it just two? I think it I think it was just, just a two. two. Yeah. and then I mean, oh, if you include the Christmas special. Oh yeah, man, that last those last that, few episodes. Yeah, were those last few episodes were just yeah. God. I think I, I fell in love with the show um, in the episode where um, it, I forgot exactly what the plot was, but it had to do with uh, moral, like um, deciding, like, I, I guess he starts to see the hypocrisy of like having to go to church or at church. You're like feeling obligated to go to church. And like, yeah. he winds up um, unconscious or something due to something that happens. And um, he has this like epiphany where um like all this like really weird trippy shit's happening to him in this dream that he's having and one of them is like this uh uh i don't know how to explain it exactly it's like moral he's like standing on a hill and um like he sees the church across from him but then he looks down and suddenly he is the church (laughs) and i was just like i wonder like how people really see it because like I, I don't know whenever people talk about more laurel a lot of people like to say that like it was um it was like one of those shows like just like your usual show they yeah, like shits on religion some show you, yeah, yeah. they like yeah where it's just like haha fuck religion it's stupid but yeah, i don't know when i saw yeah when i saw yeah. more laurel the way i saw it was that it was more about like um it wasn't glorifying religion but it was just more of like uh it, it was a kid um, maintaining his faith in a town full of horrible, horrible people, and so yeah, like it, it wasn't really like against religion. It was just more against um, hypocritical people that use church as like a shield for acting like terrible, terrible people. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, just being able to come to grips and combat the everyday bullshit. Yeah. Then again, he did impregnate a town of women. <laughs> this is true. Oh, in the dead right. of night. In the dead <laughs> of night. Right. Because oh, the Lord told him to spread that. his seed. God, to plant God. his seeds. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember that now. And you might have to forgive me because I'm trying to 
kind of organized three different things at uh, one time. So there may be some points where I just kind of drift away. But uh, such is this podcast. Because you know <laughs> the Noonie is here in spirit. Yeah, the Noonie will always be here in spirit, remembering, oh, fuck, I got to get this out by Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> allow me to derail this conversation even more by saying the reason I am the biggest liar is because I think in the last episode near the end, I said that this week was going to be a monster. But I forgot that we were that our usual recording day fell on San Japan weekend. And yeah. uh, when I realized that, I said, man, that sucks. I guess we're not watching monster until uh, a little bit later. So, you know, wait for that. That'll be next. But this week. We're going to talk about something possibly even greater than Monster. Also, <laughs> San Japan. Is it? And Coco. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, how, how do I say this? Um, well, San Japan was quite the experience. San Japan was a show. Well, uh, San Japan was a con. It was a convention. It was a convention. Was it a good convention? Um, I mean, it's never a it's bad convention. It has it's been, been better. better. It's been much better. Um, yeah, especially I feel like... I, I I'm I mean I'm gonna cut you off and probably say what you're gonna say. I I think it peaked last year. Yeah, last me. year was like the best that it has been. Well, last the year four was years 10, that I have right? gone. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, last year they just fucking got all the big ass guns. They had, they had Teddy Lloyd. They had Teddy Lloyd. Uh, I thought All Off was also pretty great. All Off um, was amazing. They had a bunch of guests that I was interested in. I went into a few like pretty good panels. I hung out with my friends a lot more than I did this year, <laughs> even yeah. though like we happened to have uh, conge- like connecting hotel rooms. I feel like I saw you guys for a grand total of like maybe eight hours of the three days that, we were, that I was there. I mean, I blame that due to like scheduling because like a lot of the good panels were overlapping with one another, so people were like trying to rush to like different shit. Yeah, and then a lot of the time, like. Uh, it would like they were one after another, so it would be like I'm like I'm gonna go to the room real quick, and then everyone else would be like Yeah, let's go, and then a panel would happen, and then I'd be like Oh well, I'll wait for this other panel, and so when I'd finally get up and go to a panel, everyone was coming back, and it's just like thing things like that just kept happening to everybody. Yeah, I mean it. Friday I was all right. It wasn't. I mean, I didn't really want to go to anything on Friday, and it makes sense, you know, you want to. Make sure everybody's there to schedule all your biggest events on the Saturday. But I feel yeah. like Friday was mostly just, uh, I don't know, just kind of settling in. Yeah. And then on Saturday, they were like, all right, guys, get fucked. And they just kind of squash everything together. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what was up with that. I, I really hope, like, I'm not sure if I'm going next year because uh, I think we're still trying to figure out what we were going to do. But, um,. What is it? They this year was like a bit of a clusterfuck. There was a shit ton of rescheduling. Um, on top of that, like I I don't know. Like I there was just too many panels of like random shit that I didn't see prevalent in the past years. Like this year, there is a whole lot of board game panels. There was a whole and, lot of board game shit going on. And like and like I mean that's cool because like I know our friends love board games and shit. But yeah. There was like, I mean, there there was like a couple last year, and this year there was like ten plus then, board game premieres. Yeah, like there was like several board game like demos and stuff, and like tournaments, and there was a lot of card game tournaments too. I was really surprised about that. Yeah, I didn't see any of that the last time I went a few years back. So yeah, 
And the when I was first looking through the schedule to try and check, like to try and see what I wanted to go to, I remember like scrolling through and thinking, "Man, there's a whole bunch of not just board game shit, but also video game shit." And I was like, "Man, yeah, there really was." I thought this was an a lot of tournaments. Yeah, there was a lot of tournaments, (laughs) and they weren't just like like I think the reason the tournaments attracted people was because they were actually they had pots. Yeah, they actually had fucking even uh, bonuses added to them. Which is yeah, cool. so which is good neat and stuff, but it's just like it's it's an anime convention, and yeah. I mean it's cool you can do your own thing. It's just it's still like damn, there's a lot of them. And then another thing was, and and forgive me for anyone that may be offended by this, but there was too many politically charged panels, and like oh, last yeah. year there wasn't that. There, okay, uh, last year there was some. There was there's some. always there's always the set few. There's always the set ones that are like every year. This year there was like I feel like that's that. fine though. Uh, it's fine to have like one or two or just a few because you know teach their own. It's all, it's all good. Maybe you're even yeah, interested in something. It's fine, but like I, I feel like when politics completely encompass like a fandom or like you know a community like that in general, that spells the end of it, in my opinion. And so it's just like like I mean I'm not like trying to like sway one way or the other. It's just more. It's just like I feel like the we really need to tone down on the whole like putting your hand in politics it's fine whatever you want to whatever like your beliefs are what you side with outside of that or like on the internet whatever you want to do just don't take it to like a public convention especially ones uh like san japan that's like specifically family oriented san japan is a like all ages convention yeah so it's like i mean it should be welcoming to people that are like you know on the younger side too, and so you're gonna come in and it's like, oh, let's look what the panel is, and then it's like, whoa, I don't That's give a shit about that. Yeah, and I so came it's here for like the I, cartoons. I really, exactly. So it's like <laughs> I really feel like there needs to be more focus on that. And it's like again, I understand because it's like whoever pays for the panel and stuff, but they really need a vetting process or something, or they need to be like, okay, we have too many of this, maybe we should balance it out or something. Like I, I don't know. I really just felt like. There was just nothing really like, oh wow, that'd be neat to watch. Yeah, and then, but I feel like yeah. that, that that's also a commentary of just the climate in America right now. Yeah, because you know it, there's it just is. a lot of that going around. Yeah, which you know some people like it. I don't. I feel like there are too many people talking about a lot of things that they don't know anything about. Uh, me not excluded. <laughs> It's yeah. very tiring to like have to hear about it like on a day in day out, and then it's like also in the real world, like coworkers will start bringing up political stuff, and I'm just like I, I really don't want to talk about this, and I, I don't know. But as you said, it's just it's just a that's just it's how, just how it are. is yeah. everywhere, and yeah. it's just it's just it's just so annoying. I I really hope things die down soon enough, but I get the feeling it's only going to get worse. Yeah, you have at least you know three more years. <laughs> at, <laughs> at least three more years of controversy. But the thing is, even after that, I feel like we're still going to be feeling it for a little while after. Yeah, just probably a the bit aftershocks will feel them. The reverberations yeah. will go for a while. Yeah. So it's just it's it's just how it is. And, and yeah. So board games and video games sounds like uh, sounds like packs. Sounds like packs. I it know, really right? does, doesn't it? I, and then I, and then there's the the persona. Um, King's Game panel that shows up every time, and uh, my first year going to there, I said never again. And then my friends went there again this year because our, it's because our friend he really loves Persona, and he was um, he was like really excited for it. And he's like, guys, guys, we gotta go, we gotta go to it. And I went, and he was like, uh, like I honestly don't know if he liked it because I I saw him laughing, but I don't know if it was like a 
I have to laugh. <laughs> I have to laugh because I said we're coming here kind yeah, of laugh. Where it was, I have uh, to make this worthwhile. Yeah, like yeah. I, I don't know if that was that or or if he didn't like it either because I've never actually gone to ask him. And so a friend, uh, some friends of ours, uh, drunk, they went there and uh, and then they went to the burlesque show, which they stated was amazing while intoxicated, and <laughs> that there was actually really good performers. Oh, uh, that's sad because I didn't I was go. sad that I didn't go. Yeah, yeah I was the last sad time that, that we, didn't go. The last time that we went, um. The I feel like the only good performer that we saw was a guy dressed up as Ken, and um, <laughs> some other girl. I don't remember what she did. There was a but... girl. She um, she was wearing like a bartender's outfit, and she did really good. Um, yeah, but and then of course the first dude that worked for Disney, but that doesn't count. He's a professional. Yeah, he's a profession. <laughs> a professional. <laughs> a professional. He's the ringer they brought in. Yeah. And much like uh, the musical guest that I went to go see that I didn't expect it. I, I didn't know what to expect because they, um, <laughs> her name was Tia, uh, was a main guest. And she had a guy, I think his name was Kohei, that went up with I heard them. they were amazing. They were pretty fucking good. Um, I didn't know what to expect because uh, she did an ending for a Naruto song. And the she ending, did, and I did not like that ending. No, it wasn't that great. But listening to the song by itself, without the context of the show, I thought, Hmm. This is uh. This actually isn't that bad. I'm. I'll give it a. Ch- I'll give it a shot. And uh, the guy that she brought with her, Kohei, was up there before her playing some music, getting the crowd hyped up. And I was like, holy shit! She brought a fucking hype man. This is uh. <laughs> this is unprecedented. And <laughs> you know that he's a hype man, and you know that he knew what he was doing because he started um by playing some animu songs and he was like all right let's get you guys going and he started uh i forgot what he played first because i got there a little bit late but like a little bit after i got there he started playing the pokemon theme song and he was like i know you fuckers know this one (laughs) and everybody started singing along and basically they just like he just hyped everyone up for when she got out there and then when she got out there she was like yeah like she was being super peppy and shit and the crowd was you know uh, typical anime crowd they're just kind of uh like eh, reacting and clapping and she was like oh no we're not doing it like this i need you i need you guys to be fucking excited i need you guys to get hype are you gonna get hype and then you know people react you know the, the typical concert shit and then she was like all right and then she went all the way to the back and they started it over again and i thought man <laughs> this is fucking great this is they they know exactly what they're doing they did Cover, they did some covers of anime songs. They sang Chala. They sang the Evangelion song, like an extended version of the Evangelion song. And she had an amazing voice, like a much, much better than I would ever imagine coming to the convention. Uh, apparently, she had uh, won a gospel competition in 2016 with uh, oh, 20,000 wow. uh, entrants in it here in America Jesus. because she lives in New York now. So that was pretty cool. And I. That and just basically the entire performance was much much better than I expected it to be. So I was like, "Damn, uh, I'm kind of sad that there aren't that many people in there because there were maybe like 200." I heard that the crowd people. was pretty small. Yeah, in comparison to fucking Deadlift Lolita, because uh, when Man, I, that was crazy. When I was going to Tia, I saw some people sitting outside, and I thought, "Huh, I wonder if they're just sitting here like lounging around, or if they're waiting to line up." Turns out they were waiting to line up. Because the second we got out, we saw the line, and it snaked from the entrance of the um, the little stage area or whatever, all the way to the back, all the way back to the entrance, all the way to 
the back again to where the escalator starts down the escalator and then from the you know from the escalator out to probably a little bit past the front door and uh that took about 20 minutes to get in there and that was fucking packed and unfortunately uh the that cr- they deadlift Lolita didn't have a hype man and uh. <laughs> the crowd for that was just kind of uh, uh they were kind of you know they they cheered like whenever whenever they finished the song they cheered and they were loud as fuck but they weren't uh into the i mean, i guess they were into the music but they weren't doing anything uh, no they weren't pumped they weren't pumped they like i was probably coming from me saying that i was one of the people that was most into the, into the music and like doing shit is uh sad because i'm one of the people that does like the least amount of work whenever he's at a show <laughs> he likes a uh, younger me would have wanted to i mean even then there was a point where um the male vocalist was like, "Yeah, let's go. Let's start. A, let's get a circle pit cool. And I was like, "Man, that would that would be pretty cool." And uh, nobody, nobody was biting. Nobody was biting. <laughs> nobody was doing <laughs> it. Nobody was doing it. Unlike the the rave, which I gotta say, <laughs> I'm disappointed in everybody. In the, I mean, not everybody. I'm disappointed in all the post hardcore assholes that are in the rave that are obviously, you know, eighteen or younger. They just want to be those macho guys. And for some reason, instead of doing all that stuff during the Deadlift Lodia concert, where it would be appropriate, they decided, let's go to the rave where everyone's trying to dance and and let's start a mosh. Not just start a mosh. That happened last year as well. Yeah. (sighs) I was in the middle of the mosh (laughs) and our friend Manny was uh, helping them toss me around. And I was being bounced between him, several other people, and this very large man that could rival a sumo wrestler. <laughs> and I was terrified. Um, I was really drunk, but that sobered me up pretty quick. <laughs> and it, and, you know, I I wouldn't mind like a little, you know, you guys could have fun, do do your mosh pit here in Dyer. But then there were some people that I don't know if you've encountered this in concerts because the concerts that I go to, you know, metal concerts, and uh, well, I mean, basically just metal concerts in general, whether it be thrash or death or black metal. Um, they don't do this, but for some reason in post hardcore concerts, people basically like rush the stage, like pick up their arms and like fucking gorillas just run and push everybody in front of them, either towards the stage down to the floor or next to them with their arms up. And for some reason they, they think that's cool. And huh. the second that that started happening, I was like, "Man, this is some fucking bullshit." I'm out of here. I'm just here to. <laughs> I'm just here to dance and jump. I'm not here to be annoyed by these children, because I'm not one of the guys that, that's able to get pushed around. I'm typically the person uh, trying to protect the smaller people that are around them, uh, because I know that a lot of people that get caught up in that stuff, they don't want to be involved in it they just happen to be in the middle of the crowd in the middle of the bullshit in the middle yeah. of the crowd and so I mean, i'm like all right yeah i'll, I'll push and I mean, it's an anime convention you. there's bound to be a lot of like really small people like smaller people, people. Yeah. yeah and like i mean i'm an average build so i'm never too worried but when i'm fucking faced against a hulking monster <laughs> i i mean you know it's a bit of an issue and i'm like and then it doesn't help to when i look to my best friend who i've known like almost my entire life and he's just like throwing me around as well and i'm like well all is lost <laughs> and i kept thinking like the only thing in my head at that point was if i fall i might die here 
And uh, so that that's that's what kept me going. However, I don't know how other people would handle it. And so I might just give up. <laughs> and the thing that found like that I was already on the brink of being like, all right, I'll just get out of here. But then the DJ, uh, who was my like only only savior of you know, he could have played a song that was uh, that would like smoothen the this energy into like something better like a party like a party atmosphere you know like a rave or something yeah. but no he instead played system of a down and oh God. I was trying to and you know every everybody loved it i everybody rolled my eyes and i was like jesus fucking christ this is fucking because uh i like you know i think system of the down's all right but um <laughs> Whenever I'm gonna listen to to harder music, I listen to harder music. I don't listen to uh, System of a Down. I, you know, like I said, I like System of a Down. But if you're gonna start playing it when people are moshing, I'm gonna roll my eyes and be like, "Ugh, I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be that elitist cunt, <laughs> the snob, the snob, and be like, "Ugh, this I fucking mean, guy." I mean, I just feel like, I like, I don't know, I like. In, in that case, I feel like if someone were to start playing System of a Down, it'd be more to just like it's like, oh yeah, that kids love that kind of yeah, music. Yeah, kids when love this that is kind happening, of music. right? Yeah. Like that's what I feel like when they see that. And then he played the Pokemon theme song, to which I turned around and walked out the door because I thought, <laughs> nah, that's okay. Now you're just fucking. Now you're playing to this crowd in the right ways, but in my opinion the wrong way you're going about playing to this crowd in the wrong way uh instead of instead you're just kind of fanning the flames of whatever's going on here so i'm just gonna leave and i left and what time was that that was um let's say around 120 because i went outside to smoke a cigarette and then i got to the hentai panel or hentai showing at around like 145 ish how long did you stay there uh, the hentai panel was only supposed to go on until 2 a.m., so I was just expecting to be there for like 15 minutes. But apparently, uh, from what I saw, they were playing more after I left, so I was like, oh, shit, I guess. Uh, but that was pretty fun. <laughs> no. If you're good at doing commentary or if you practice your commentary over something, I'm all for it. But if you're just kind of riffing on, you're improvising and riffing, a lot of that's not going to land, especially if it's just your the first time that you're doing it. So, uh, Wait, are we talking about the? I'm talking about the hentai panel because they were they were uh, they can't just show the hentai because then people will start touching their dicks. And yeah, uh, you can't you can't show attractive hentai. No. like you can't show something that people could actually get off to. No, and this was ridiculous enough for me to be like, ah, they should have just shown this by itself. This fucking gold by itself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, it was nothing like disgusting or gross it was just ridiculous and and idiotic how fuck <laughs> the ways that they managed to get dicks inside vaginas was pretty funny but they had people riffing over it which you know whatever it's cool uh but like i said it'd be better if you kind of write down some material or if you kind of have an idea of where you're going with it as opposed to just having these one line things that most of the time don't land and every now and then are okay just winging it just winging it because if i'm going to just wing wing watching porn i would just go back to my room and do what i did with my friends earlier just fly solo michael flying solo (laughs) michael flying solo michael in the bathroom Uh. by himself 
Yeah, we the, the joke there is we went to a uh, a singing competition, the one that's always there, and uh, they decided, or one of the persons that was uh, singing songs decided to sing a song that was uh it, it was essentially about being at a party, sitting in the bathroom because you had a horrible breakup, and uh, your ex is there with some other guy, and you're crying in the bathroom, and you can't get out of it, and you want to leave, but you can't. And, uh, yeah, and it happened to the person in this song was, uh, his name, name was Michael. Michael. And so here, here we are. And so as I walk back into the room, um, after grabbing a friend of mine, uh, everyone starts, uh, singing along to the song and they're like, look, it's your song, Mike. It's, it's your song. <laughs> to which Mike, uh, clutched his chest and a single tear rolled down his cheek. Yes, I'm that's sure. exactly how it, how it happened. <laughs> but, um... Anyway, uh, what 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 else happened during our thing? Um, Fucking feebles. That's what uh, happened. The feebles. So Friday night, one of the reasons why we didn't, I didn't get much done because I had planned to, uh, like, we were watching some shows with Nudie and the others. Uh, Miguel was there. We're like, yeah, let's watch some stuff real quick, and then uh, yeah, I'll drink, and then I'll head over to the board games and the Raven stuff. All those pla- cancels after the watching stuff part. Uh, they were just all the plans were canceled. Um, I I was drink I started drinking during our watching of the stuff, but uh, Nuni decided to go all art house on us. And uh, I mean, and, this was uh, I wasn't planning on showing that, but it seemed yeah, like the it it just happens. Yeah, we're, actually, we we're planning on watching Coco, but yeah. um, yeah. some of our friends actually wanted to watch it with us, and they were like, I don't want to just watch watch Coco halfway because I'm planning on going somewhere. So I was like, Oh well, I guess I'll uh, play these fucking cartoons that I was planning on playing in the morning. As opposed yeah, that's to how, uh, that's how Nooney lured me in there with oh, promises yeah. of watching Coco, and it did not. <laughs> yeah. It did not happen. Hey, Coco. You, you I, I expected better. Coco. <laughs> did we? Uh, okay, I mean, it, it was it was great though. But so yeah, we watched uh, what's this movie about puppets called uh, Meet called the, Feebles. the Feebles, and it's Peter uh, it's your Jackson's typical, uh, masterpiece. Peter Jackson. Um, <laughs> It, it it's your typical you know it starts off and you the premise is like oh it's just you know one of those adult uh, muppets parodies and stuff but it's so much more and uh it it um it scarred me so much that um i like there are there are certain things where you sober up immediately like it kills your buzz just watching it um never before have i have I experienced something that um, didn't just like sober me up, but it, it, it like yanked the, uh, the the buzz away from me, like it, it, it tore it from my body, in in just just with its uh, its aesthetics and uh, the everything that was happening, and I could not get drunk after we finished it either, and um, I had to lay down to fully process what we had, <laughs> had just watched. Yeah, after watching that, I just wanted to go. I wanted to get in my car and drive <laughs> 150 miles all the way back to Delray just to, just to hold my keep daughter. It was. was I, I remember you saying movie. that actually, as you were leaving. You said, "I'm going to go hug my daughter <laughs> and, uh, and tell her that the world was, is a beautiful place." To not listen it to was, anybody. It was. It, it was one. Of, it was an experience. I will never forget the feebles. I'll never I won't either. And I've had I, that little theme song stuck in my head meet for the feebles, weekends. Meet yep. the feebles. They're not your ordinary. Uh, <laughs> you know, the worst part is the show tunes weren't that bad. Yeah, the show tunes weren't that bad. They were the, quite catchy. 
and the story is a uh, a beautiful uh beautiful tragedy let's say a beautiful train wreck <laughs> that you you beg your body to look away from but, but you, you can't cannot, you i mean not look away the main reason i put this in i even brought it was because i i remembered oh yeah the happy time murders that's a thing puppets are in vogue you know what's also in vogue that i feel should be in vogue Meet the, Meet the feebles. feebles. Yeah. So that's the main reason I brought that. And I realized, oh, my God, I've subjected my uh, my lady friend to this. But I have yet to subject any of friends to this. Let's show these guys what puppets are really about. And then I learned. You learned to love. I learned, I learned what, what the depths of man can, can commit. <laughs> You learn, uh, yeah, the 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 orcs of Middle Earth have nothing on that <laughs> damn rat and walrus. Yeah, like like there there's very few like things that um that leave me so barren at the end. Like I felt so um drained, like like I had gone on a ride with these feet with these characters, these feebles and um and and like i i tried my hardest to get off the ride but they had locked the doors and and we went on this roller coaster and you cried but they didn't stop the ride i kept i cried (laughs) and i begged them and i i pleaded and i tried to bargain with them and they refused they just laughed and laughed and they kept playing their theme song Oh man. <laughs> so yeah, the movie is basically like a social commentary um using puppets. Um it's basically like uh the... you know the the darker side of show business basically. Mm-hmm. What's what's that word that people use to describe the something underbelly? The, the dark seedy underbelly. There you go. The dark seedy yeah, underbelly, CD underbelly. Of, uh, of show business. And boy, does it get dark, and boy, and it does it get seedy. It is quite seedy. We can, yeah. I mean, it deals with the 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 main actress who is a uh, hippopotamus who eats away her problems as a hippo. She's a hungry, hungry hippo. <laughs> um, one of the other main characters is a porcupine who can sing better than I had anticipated, and has a good taste in music, but with a speech impediment that made me want to beat him senseless. Yeah, I, I, thought, <laughs> I hated. You know, was that I hated. Or, or I, that, I mean, what the hell I'm is the deal? Pretty sure he that? was a porcupine or something. It's just he he bothered me so much with his speech impediment. Yeah, I don't know what his girlfriend list. was. Was she a poodle? I think she was a poodle. I think so. A poodle. I couldn't really yeah. tell. A porcupine. Yeah, so he kind of. What was his name? What, what, what was it? I what don't remember. Ma- I guess it doesn't matter. That <laughs> porcupine. You know, he's the the stand-in for the the kind of country bumpkin guy who comes into the city all fresh and clean and gets to experience it all firsthand. I mean, that yeah. interaction he had with that lizard that... Oh, <laughs> the Vietnam, with the, yeah. The Vietnam with veteran. Vietnam. God damn. Yeah, that was... Man. And they did the... Yeah, I think that's what got me, like, um, when he did the whole flashback. And, yeah. like, it showed the guy, and, like, they get, they get sent to the constant... They get sent to the camp, the POW camp, and then... And then they escape, and then he leaves his squad commander, who had saved him previously, behind. Yeah. Like after all that, I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, man!" Dude, like they didn't uh... do it. 
Like, like nah, this, that's the deer not, hunter, man. You see, like, usually with puppet movies, there's a little bit of comedy thrown in with these darker scenes, but they didn't fuck around with this. No. They just played it completely straight, just yeah. with puppets. And, I mean, to it's a testament to Peter Jackson's directing how uh, serious that scene actually got. Yeah, that's what yep. I'm saying. Like, it was puppets, and yet I still felt like, Jesus Christ. Like, like despite the fact that these were puppets, like, telling a, a fucking Vietnam flashback and how hilarious and entertaining that might seem on the outside, watching it firsthand made me go, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. But, yeah, after that, like, that's that was right when I lost my buzz. Like, I, <laughs> I was sober as hell right there, and then I just kept watching the movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get to see that Russian roulette scene from the Deer Hunter adapted Jeez. with Muppets. So it's oh just... man, that that Russian roulette scene. Our friend Juan has has arrived. Yeah, it's uh, it's Juan time now. It's Juan time. So he Juan, a, his late entry. How do you feel about Meet the Feebles? Jesus, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like the horrors of the the showbiz and entertainment industry. Yep. And it's just magnified by how disgusting looking the Muppets are. It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like they didn't take care of these puppets. And as the movie went on, it just got mangier and more disgusting looking. There was like, I don't know, maybe they, they made one scene where they got the Muppets got jizzed on. And then they had to do an, another scene and like they still have jizz on them. And it could have been like. <laughs> Oh well, later. what about uh, what about the rabbit who was vomiting like through every one of his orifices? God, oh, God, you mean the uh, the bad chicken pucks that he had? Instead of the syphilis, the big one. Instead of instead of fucking HIV AIDS, it turned out to be chicken pox. Yep, or rabbit pox. Rabbit pox. It's just a <laughs> bad case of rabbit pox. Like, and then they joked about it, but like. That's the thing with this. It's like the 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 jokes. Um, they're extremely dark. Like, mm-hmm. like this rabbit. He thinks he's dying, and then like towards the very end, like his uh his doctor calls, and he's like, "Oh, I fucked up." As it turns out, you're not dying in a few hours. It was just you have a really bad case of a uh, of a uh, rabbit pox, and like e- even after telling this, like it's still it's still like shit, man. You know? <laughs> And then that that is when the uh, most uh, traumatizing scene had occurred, which is um, when the hippo, after having had enough of her lover Walrus, who had um, had been cheating on her and given up on her and said she was too ugly and fat, um, she was gonna blow her brains out with a with a Gatling gun, and she decides instead to uh, to shoot up the entire set. And no, you um, know what offset that though was the the, the cat record. girl. Oh yeah. 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 So, yeah, so the walrus the walrus was sleeping with a uh, with a Siamese cat girl. <laughs> and um she she wanted the hippo girl to have gotten rid of her whatever. So when the when the hippopotamus woman, the uh, main girl, can't remember her name, was um when she was about to kill herself with the Gatling gun um, the cat girl walks in and she just looks at her and she doesn't say anything. And then she goes and grabs her stuff. She's like, Oh, I forgot my purse. And on her way out, she says, Oh, well, don't let me stop you. And, by the way, the safety's and, on, you fucking yeah, idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she tells you that. She's like, By the way, the safety's on. And and that just really, like, <laughs> I just, like, that, I was just like, her. 
Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. Like that that that's just my that that's my uh, uh, summary for this movie. Just Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> Honestly, the hippo was my favorite character only because I can sympathize with her and like it's like the universe is just shitting on her constantly. It, it really was. It was like she she really just wanted to like she wanted to be a star. Like she wanted to mm-hmm. find love and she wanted to like sing. That's those are the two things she wanted and like things just went to shit for her, like you know, consistently, all because she fell in love with the wrong person. And yeah. it was just, you know, the whole movie was centered around her descent. And, like, it, it gives the porcupine guy, like, some focus. But the mm-hmm. main character was really the hippopotamus. And, and yeah, like I said, like, at first, I wasn't really big on her. I, I, I was just kind of like, eh. But then as the story developed, I was like, man, you know, like, is she going to catch a break? And the answer is no. 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 She well, kind of broke towards the kinda, end. Yeah. Uh, you know, she's, she's a She's a cashier, Mike. She's rehabilitated. That's true. She, she yeah, did. rehabilitated after murdering after countless. Yeah, so she just goes down the just she just cutting everyone down, and there's like this scene that I laughed, um, where one of the other poodles, not the porcupine's girlfriend, she comes down and she's like, "You, you can't just solve your problems by you know just murdering everybody point blank," and then she just kills her, like she just yeah kills her with lead, and then the lady <laughs> blows just her away. Her. Yeah, she just blows her away, and I, I laughed at that because it's just <laughs> the the ridiculousness of what's unfolding in front of you. Yeah, but it's so harrowing because she just goes on a rampage, and I'm just like, yeah. Jesus Christ! And yeah. then he, it finally gets to the part that you that you expect where she's going to show down against the walrus man but she hesitates still because he still has a hold on her and he says i love love you you. still yeah and then and then that happens because like she when she first gets there i believe she blows his kneecaps off yeah (laughs) yeah she just straight up blows his kneecaps off Mm -hmm. and uh yeah and then stuff happens the rat man the the rat man who had been directing porn uh, and working for the walrus, that rat, while I hated him and he disgusted me, um, he, he was the most rat. loyal fucker I have ever seen. Yeah, for being a rat, I mean, damn, that he was rat, one loyal rat. Like, that rat was ride or die for the walrus. Like, yes. I don't know what he did for him in the past, but goddamn, that was some loyalty. They drove I together mean, through a whale. Yeah, he killed a whale by driving through its asshole. <laughs> yeah, in, in their... In there, in, you see the whale because uh, they there was a drug uh, a drug fight. There, um, there was a a drug trade Jamaica. gone bad because yeah. they <laughs> they bought drugs in order, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure to profit. But it turns out the guy that delivered the drugs uh, was given some shit quality stuff that they made this uh, little pervert snort up and melt. <laughs> And it melted. Yeah. And melted. It was borax, which was borax. Is, borax. is a cleaning agent. So it, it is like a, a cleaning agent. Oh, God, that was some funny shit. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they go down to the docks with guns, and they're like, we're going to set this shit right. And I was like, shit. Like, yeah, you don't expect to see that in a fucking Broadway like movie, especially when it's a Muppet thing. <laughs> and then they go down there, and a spider is there to like get them, and they fucking kill that spider. And then, <laughs> and then the walrus man is sitting in the back because the rat's the driver, and they encounter the whale, and the whale's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you guys." And the walrus is like drive through him, and and he, you know, he's essentially he just drive straight into this whale into the ocean and kill him and the rat doesn't even fucking hesitate he just he just puts his foot down on the pedal and they drive through that whale and they go out the other end and then they go back they go back home and yeah. i just i was just 
Um, it was amazing. It that was. scene was amazing. It that was... spider comes down, and now you know where Peter Jackson got you know the idea for Shellob over there in Lord <laughs> of the Rings. <laughs> and that's another thing too. It was Peter Jackson. <laughs> It was Peter Jackson. just makes it all more absurd. You're just like, what the hell is this guy's deal? <laughs> he can go from this to the Lord of the Rings, the fucking Hobbit. Ah, he's insane. Well, he's a genius. That, that's going without saying. Who's, what's the director's name that did like Silence of the Lambs and then he did like Happy Feet? Wait, is, is, oh is that a director? Really, yes, yes. Let me oh, let me find really. it. No, I I'm already right here. Juan. Uh, okay, who is so it? The director's name is Jonathan Deem. Deme Deem. No, the, am I? I'm probably thinking of the wrong thing. But I remember, uh, it was like he he did this movie that he was like well known for, and then he did Happy Feet. Hmm. Well, now we have to know. That's yeah. Strange. So the director, George Miller. There we go. George oh. Miller. Oh, okay. Okay. George Miller, the uh, Mad, Max. Mad, Mad Max. Yes. Yes. Mad Max. Yes. He made Mad Happy Max. Feet. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the director. Yeah, the director. That's how crazy it is because Mad Max. He he directed those movies with like Mel Gibson back in the day. He also did some yeah. crazy shit, and then he did Happy Feet. You know, he's from Australia, <laughs> Yeah, and Peter Jackson's from Peter New Jack- Zealand. Yeah. They're just crazy over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Juan. This guy also apparently directed Babe, Pig in the Big City. Oh, yeah. You're kidding me. I am not. <laughs> George Miller? George Miller, the director of Mad Max and the Road Warrior, has directed God Babe, Almighty. Pig in the Big City, and Happy Feet. That is stupefying. Some people are just good at what they do. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. I'm going to do uh, fucking snuff films. I'm going to do children stuff. Nah, <laughs> you should, you can't should reword that differently. <laughs> I'm an artist. <laughs> <laughs> and I like getting paid. So. <laughs> yeah. And money talks. And they say pretty words. And, uh, do you guys have... I mean, Mike and I spoke a decent bit about our San Japan experience. Uh, Juan just got here. And mm-hmm. Miguel, you haven't been to San Japan in uh, one or two years? been a few years. And when I did go, it was just for a day. Uh, yeah, I didn't even go to any panels or anything. None of it really was too interesting to me. I just usually go to the dealer's floor and then just hung out with you all for a little while. I had some... <clears throat> interesting experiences with the lyft drivers oh yeah yeah see, that's why i hate uber and lyft like it's 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 a convenient service but i don't like talking to people and i don't like that they fucking try to have conversations with me i wish there i don't was mind like, the conversation so much but they, they were talking about implementing an option for the see, that's what i'm saying like there. i really wish they had like some option into these damn things that said <clears throat> i don't want to fucking talk because well god yeah well, i'd love that well, my experience with Uber um, is I use it in Philadelphia, and they don't talk to you well, only because one, it's an English is an, a second language for, for these drivers. Um, yeah. Just just putting it lightly, and so they just don't talk to you at all, uh, it's, and it's awkward as as all hell. 
Hey, that sounds was, great. Yeah. That's what and I you want. Need to, there, you need to strike. Yeah, Noni wants to live over there in that awkward zone. He just thrives on that uh, silence. I thrive in silence. <laughs> You're going to end up with a podcast episode one day. It's just nothing but just silence. I'll, I'll so, call no it my say uh, anything. I'll call it my uh, art house podcast. Oh god. Yeah, you'll put it on that damn DVD. <laughs> uh, but we'll have to talk about that. I don't know uh, when, that, but that, that was pretty DVD? interesting. I, yeah, I, that, I want to finish watching it, but that that's also something not not meant to be shown in a group setting, I think. Or it has to be the right group setting. Yeah, yeah. it does have to be the right group because you just get a bunch of dick jokes. <laughs> Everybody talking about fucking and, and mannequins. Yeah. And what else are you going to say? I mean, <laughs> fucking and mannequins. <laughs> that was such so, a... But, uh... As as an ex Lyft driver, because I needed to pay rent one uh, one month, um, I have to say that it really sucks being a Lyft driver and then having all these people that I didn't want to talk to talk to me. And then when I became <laughs> a customer and I used Lyft, these motherfucking drivers don't shut the fuck up either. And it's just I've, I've gotten the worst of both worlds. Yeah, you got to find that balance. The first lift I took when I got to the hotel, checked in, wanted to get downtown. And she would not shut up about how she cooks dinner for her husband and he doesn't eat it. <laughs> and a she was asking, so what do I do? What am I supposed to do? What do, what do I do? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Miguel, do, do you eat your wife's cooking when she cooks for you? Like, you know, I, I do. So <laughs> You don't I say. Said, you know, just... just it's just eat it. Then there was another guy, a little guy who picked me up when I was wanting to go back to the hotel. And we got in. We were driving around for a little while. He was like, I'm not from here. Uh, I can't wait to buy a gun. Oh. That was the first thing he told me. Oh, the first God. thing he told me. Oh, and I was God. like, well, yeah, this this is Texas. You yeah, can you do did. what you want now. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm from California. We can't really have very many guns. They have stupid laws and this and that. And yeah, I was like, well, laws. Laws. Some, yeah, stupid, stupid laws. laws. Oh, stupid. Those damn stupid laws keeping a perfectly sound human being like me away from these guns. And yeah, I, while, while saying that, while saying that, I love that we're, you know, that our our laws, like in Texas, and I, I do believe that people should have a right to own, you know, a firearm. Oh, however, however, you, some of these however, people should go see some a of these people should not have a weapon, and I believe there should be, a, you know, the, the, the you know, the. Uh, so, hey, sort dude, of, if, if you're, there should if be you're a better stable, go process. ahead and. And own as yeah. many guns as you want, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. You could display but them. Man, if all you, this if, right now yeah. coming from uh, coming from let's keep San Japan apolitical Mike. So here <laughs> exactly, he is, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there are some things. It's just you know, I I just uh, I I just really feel like uh, you know the crazy should not. Uh, yeah. I, like I, I don't know. Like I. I feel like, you know, there should be at least like the person selling them should be like, you know, asking them a few questions so you kind of under, you know, get something out of these people. Yeah, here's the questionnaire. Do you want to kill innocent people? Yes no. or no? Just, and no. you would, say, you would be surprised so. that who would ask? I'm sure I, that I'm there sure are more than a few hundred people that'll be. That'll Probably ninety nine percent of the people that were in that rave with you all would have <laughs> said when yes. I when I went to a um, when I worked security um, as a jailer at a jail, uh, um, 
they did a 300 question uh, psychology test for oh, us. Oh yeah, I mean, there, Mike and I, I have never at the seen same, uh, jail. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never seen anyone fail that because even someone um, that is not of complete sound mind would have the common sense uh, to, to answer. Lie. Yeah. Yeah, to lie. But you see, that's the difference between the functional crazies and the normal people because nobody's fucking normal. We all have a little bit of a screw loose inside of us. But, um, yeah, I saw a girl one year actually fail that test. And she had, and you see, initially, you know, upon hearing that, you'd figure, oh, well, they told her to leave. But, no, they they let her redo the fucking test. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, I, I really, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I remember seeing her walk around. She's like, la, 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 la. And I'm just like, I, I just remember thinking, like, I hope to God I never have to work with this girl because I might <laughs> die with her around. Uh I can't believe that people actually fail that test because uh, the most difficult thing, you know, difficulty is uh, in quotes that you do is you FaceTime with a psychologist <laughs> and he's like, so have you ever wanted to kill yourself? Uh, do you want to kill yourself Dude, That now? question got asked. That was like, okay, 100 questions where do you want to kill yourself? The other 100, do you feel like killing other people? Yeah. And a third, have you ever had thoughts of hurting, hurting people, people around you? Yeah, and that, that is basically literally the test that we took. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And uh, all of that to just walk around with the crazies in the, in the jail cells. And <laughs> eventually, if you uh, apply, you can, you can get a gun. But not in the jail. Uh, just outside. Just outside of the just jail. Just outside of the jail. For fun, you know. You know? Yeah. To, to shoot down the guys that, that think that they made it. And you, then you'll be like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, it went well. I mostly hung out with all of y'all, with everybody. Um, the only panel that I went by myself was that Silent Hill one. And yeah. it was very educational. I thought people were just going to be like... Like, I, I thought that the... um that the uh the people hosting the panel i thought they're gonna be more like oh well it didn't work out because everybody that um you know made the games or you know made the movies they're just they don't know what they're doing they don't know what they're talking about i thought it was gonna be something like that but they they brought up a lot of history of how the game started um how konami has just been trying to shit on them since day one <laughs> And like how it was just progressively worse over time, and I thought that was pretty interesting. When was that? Uh, I forgot what was time. that on Friday or Saturday. I think it was on Friday, right? Yeah, Damn yeah, it. it was on Friday. Like, it, was, it was before you got. Well, to the, I would have uh, liked to go to that. Yeah, it was pretty nice. Um, it was it was pretty cool. At least they did something about Silent Hill, and some people went. Um. Oh, uh, the other panel that I w- want to go with Mondo, one of our other friends, is the the drawing panel oh yeah (laughs) i was excited i i i was sad that you guys didn't tell me that uh you were going because um i was up since like seven in the morning that day oh god and yeah just waiting for just waiting for everybody to wake up i even went downstairs sat and sat in the lobby (laughs) drank a coffee got a got a uh pig in a blanket really i didn't see you there no i I was there i mean i didn't go exactly at seven but i went there like Uh around um I want to say around eight, but then mm. I was only down there for like thirty minutes, and I went back up, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Mondo's Mondo didn't stay singing karaoke until five or six in the morning, like the rest of us." 
and then yeah. he told me oh yeah we're we're down here at the drawing thing and i was like ah i gotta see you guys uh what's the word embarrass the rest of these artists or get embarrassed by the rest or of get embarrassed <laughs> more than that's what would have happened <laughs> and um no we were, we were waiting, waiting there for a good time even past that time that, that the panel was gonna start and then they're like and some people came over and they're like the the panel's canceled everybody go away so and that's when i got there yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got down to my then, hotel room to go see and them. then all the what would have been artists that we would have competed against just scattered <laughs> like rats like cockroaches <laughs> when you turn on the light <laughs> basically <laughs> <laughs> but um i think the highlight was um deadlift lolita uh the anime industry panels uh, both of them yeah i feel like me and juan went to them i, I feel like um maybe they weren't as informative as i wanted them to be only because mm-hmm. they were going through a interpreter mm-hmm. but there was enough information for me to be like ah this was worth it yeah uh, and it was re- it was pretty cool because it was like the insight of an animator slash concept artist what they have to go through uh Sensei was like spilling tea on on some people. Uh, they talked about Tomino, and uh, <laughs> if they asked if we knew about his reputation, and I was like, ah, that's the only, that's probably one of the only artists who's, I mean, directors whose personality I've uh, been told about, and how horrible he is. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that I had heard is that anybody that ever brings up that they work with Tomino has a Tomina story to say. And this guy, surprisingly, also had a story to say. Indeed <laughs> he did. Yeah, I, and I was like, my God, this is just like from everything that I heard. It's going exactly like they said. And you also in the drawing session that he did, the, the concept drawing session, he was just telling the story of how he was the last one man standing. Yeah, he was the last man standing in, uh, what was that anime that he worked on? The, uh, some, something I, of the Lotus War. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot exactly what it was. And also, his pedigree was pretty all right. Like, uh, Mike and I w- were talking about it, and he worked, he had worked on just like enough good and bad stuff for it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't expect anything like super crazy, but uh, he had worked on several Gundam series. Uh, he did Fifth of the North Star. He did the Cowboy, he did stuff for Cowboy Bebop, and then uh, he did like his own projects and uh, Dr. Slump, like uh, several different things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, I-, I laughed when he said what his favorite was. <laughs> oh, is it, it did wasn't it like a, a question that he got? But he was like, uh, Oh, yeah, if, yeah, yeah. If you're good at something, people are gonna think that you like it, <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> Yeah, people are going to think that because you constantly work on this one thing that you mm-hmm. like this this typical uh, um, style or the way that this story is. And he was like, no, I like cute things, but I never <laughs> get to work on cute things. <laughs> yeah, he works on muscular men. He, he worked on Legend of... Uh, damn it. He worked uh, on Fist of the North Star and he worked on Gundam yeah. and he worked on, you know, these... Uh, Fairly, uh, I guess. Fairly masculine. Yeah, yeah masculine. fairly masculine. Yeah. Uh, so when he was asked that question, I think um, <laughs> what he said was, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I hated working on these shows. <laughs> and then he reiterated about how much he hated working on those shows. 
Mm-hmm. And the interpreter was like, but they asked you which one was your favorite show. And he was like, I really hated working yeah. on these shows. But yeah. sometimes sometimes you put in enough work that you really like it. But if I had he's to like, pick. Yeah, because he, he explained that, like, he's like, you know, you hate the work. You hate going through it. But, at, you know, at the end of it, like, you sit down and you actually watch the finished product. And then you realize, I love this. Yeah. But I then. Uh, that pretty, yeah. Nice. What, what was the show that he said he actually liked? Um, I remember you. Chibi, it's uh, oh, it's Chibi, Chibi Maruko. Yeah, there you go. Chibi Maruko. And, he... <laughs> and I loved his response to that because he said Chibi Maruko. And like some people immediately kind of like, they're like, ah. But like I, I loved it because his response was to immediately follow up with. And I know, I know people might not like that or don't know <laughs> what the fuck it is or give a shit about it. He's like, but I love that because I love the more fun stuff at the end of the day. And I was like, I can respect that because I was one of those that looked away like, uh. <laughs> he saw you and said, I know he what saw you're me. Thinking, He's like, bitch. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I really wish that I like got up and asked him questions or, or even in the drawing session, just asked him because I had this one thing that I, I, I kind of know the answer because illustration and animation there's there's an overlap you know especially with character designs and stuff and i just want to ask him you know in in animation maybe in japanese animation is it worth the trouble of um practicing like everything and 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 uh anything like people cars whatever or should you just stick to uh, it's one thing that you're good at and just stick with that. And uh, he might have had his chance, but then um, from what we understood, he was going to like go outside and answer questions outside mm-hmm. because the other panel was uh, ready to go set up. But then Juan and I stood there for like maybe five minutes and then we peeked inside the door and saw that he had a line of people in yeah. the room and we we're like, oh, well, I guess they're all set. Yeah, and I was like, ah, poor man. I'm, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> and... um also, I thought he was going to give away the drawings. Yeah, I, that's. Uh, I was hoping, like in a concert, and yeah. like a t-shirt in the concert, he would just throw them to the crowd of savages <laughs> in the room. <laughs> and I was going to be the scrap. most savage. Yeah, I, Right next to, to Nuni. <laughs> yeah. I really wanted that uh, lady that he drew. The princess? Yeah, the princess. I oh, man, cool. the story that he was telling about that, it was so relatable as an artist. Cause he was like, <laughs> he was like, I never got this character right. <laughs> He's like, I've only, I only gotten it right one or two times in the show. <laughs> and he's like, I always get the damn hair wrong. And he's like, and then when he was drawing, he's like, oh, here comes the hair. The fuck up on the hair. <laughs> and then he, he like finished it, and he's like, oh, it came out decent. <laughs> and I think uh, the only bad part about. Um, the live drawing panel was that there was some technical issues that they were yes, having with the projector fuck. and yeah. he basically lost about 20 minutes of what he would be doing mm-hmm. because he was waiting for the people to like uh, set everything up right yeah and he was like well fuck I uh, have so little time here let me just let me just, <laughs> let me just rush this this process even more than I already was yeah and it, it still came out great I have props for him because he had that much time. He drew three characters, even colored in some of the drawings, and also, you know, answering questions. 
It was great. Feels pretty alright. Mm-hmm. It was one of the. It was a surprisingly fun panel. I love the the Q and A's that he had. Uh, I I did get a giggle out of him uh, essentially saying that uh, that anime was a mistake. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, what was the question that was asked? Oh, so he... a guy asked. Um, he was like, uh, "What? What studios? Like, you know, after talking about like, you know, how hard it is to do stuff for like, you know, how like everything was done in the past. What kind of like, or like, what studios like nowadays do you believe um, deserve like praise for uh, for like how well they're doing? And uh, like at first he seemed hesitant to talk about it, but then he just like went straight into it where he had stated basically that uh, no studio currently deserves <laughs> praise." Because uh, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. He's like, the directors don't know what they're doing. And so their storyboarders run wild. And they the storyboarders don't know what the fuck they're doing. And so everything goes to shit. And like, yeah, it's the director's job to rein in the storyboarders. But uh, if the director doesn't know what's happening, then he can't really rein them in. Yeah. So basically, anime is just a miracle that it's standing on its feet. It's a miracle that it's still on its two feet. And I mean, that's the reason why anime caters so much to like the fanatics. It's because they that's 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 all they got right now. <laughs> like that's what's keeping them alive. So they pander because that's their audience. And so if their audience isn't complaining much, then you know, I'm I'm assuming at this point it's just do just enough that you pass, basically. Mm-hmm. I think one of the questions that I really enjoyed that he answered was, um, I forgot exactly what the actual question how the actual question was worded but it was in the sense of the difference between you know um digital and you know uh hand-drawn animation and and Mm -hmm. he had a pretty and he had a different response than what i expected he would say Mm -hmm. oh actually it was (laughs) it was a completely different question he somebody was asking about the outlines in american animation and the lines in um in japanese animations and what like what's the differences and he went off on like I guess he answered it, but he said um, that in cell drawn animation, the outline and the thickness of the line all had meaning, and because you were doing it with you know drawing it by hand, all the imperfections and everything would mm-hmm. show in the final product. And though sometimes those imperfections were left there on purpose and stuff, but because you're you're forced to do this all digitally now everything mm-hmm. looks a lot more flat than it would have right. because everything has basically a standard size yeah uh well, what's another highlight of uh san japan be it panels or just our our experiences mm, i didn't see a lot of artwork that i liked in the artist alleys um i don't know if it's because uh the fandoms that i'm not in right now and they're in the fandoms happen to be popular so i didn't see a lot of the artwork that i really wanted or fan art that i really wanted but i did get a shit ton of pins so yeah those were nice pins yeah and i really like those um uh, cosplay wise i there were some cosplays but a lot of it was more um closet cosplays you know, they they just grab the shirt or they grab the jacket that they already owned and put it on. Yeah, I I want to actually like bring that up in another like another reason that I felt that this uh the San Japan was slightly less um duller. Yeah, it was a bit duller than the other mm-hmm. um con- than the previous San Japan's that I've been to because mm-hmm. um it seemed like 
at previous conventions, you could just walk in and you could see like some really cool or some really extravagant thing that people are doing. Like even you and Mondo went out of your way to do some stuff uh, a few years. You more than Mondo, mm-hmm. but uh, that's besides the point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this year, it it was like you actually had to look for something cool and interesting. For it didn't, yeah, it didn't. It didn't and- just walk across you like it would in previous years. Yeah, and 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 going off of that, the the greatest cosplay that I saw wasn't in the convention, but it was like on the hallway at our hotel. If <laughs> um, when when Mondo came by, um, I opened the door and there was people taking pictures of someone in this badass armor, and uh, I like I let Mondo in and I closed the door and then I I paused for a little bit and I was like, that that was some really sweet armor. And then I like literally opened the door and like I went I stuck my head out. And I guess while well, they were in the middle of taking a picture, and I was like, "That's the baddest cosplay you have there." And I just closed the door, and all I heard was like, "Thanks!" And then they started giggling, <laughs> and and then I just went back in. But you know, that's going off of what Nuni was saying. You know, I don't know if it's because we just missed a lot of the cosplays that yeah, were it could, out. It could no, be that. but I feel I, like I, we're at I the convention like I for a while. I just saw a bunch of. I, I know. I, I really feel like it was just like. Mm-hmm. I saw a lot of like duplication, which is like a thing all the time. But it was just like mm-hmm. no, but there was really no variation. Like the the, the one that I was hoping for, or the one that I was predicting, where it was like cells at work. Um, I did see a lot of them here and there, but you quickly realize that these cosplays just don't really stand out. Mainly with, because they're they're basic shit. Like they're yeah, not... it, it's just shirts and stuff. So. When Danny, Danny was pointing it out, he's like, oh, look, a platelet. I'm like, where? And I, I'm like, I just see people in, in clothes on, like <laughs> normal clothes on. I don't see the platelets or I don't see the uh, the red blood cells or the white blood cells. It's because they're all, they just, it just looks like casual clothing, basically. Yeah, it really does. Mike. Yes. Did you watch Coco? I did not. I, I have not watched Coco. I know. I watched it yesterday with Mark. Sorry. Oh, you finally I, saw it. Yeah. Shit, there was no way I could have seen anything yesterday. As soon as Frankie dro- or as soon as uh, Alan dropped me off, I uh, went to bed like immediately passed out, and I didn't wake up until the next day. All right. So should we talk about Coco? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go for it. All right. So, Coco. Coco. Also, spoilers ahead. Uh, <laughs> just in just in case you, you want think? to watch the movie, it's a movie. I thought it was uh-huh. alright. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like the way that they told the story, everything seemed a bit too obvious from the start. Um, yeah. Just because of, uh, you know, the way that movies work. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were, you know, they... Uh, when I saw the picture of the thing and it was missing the dad's picture and they were talking about the singer, I was like, oh, well, I guess the uh, singer's is dead. And then I was thinking that until they showed the other character with a gold tooth, and I was like, oh, hey, look, it looks like he has a gold tooth, just like that guitar. I guess he's a dad. And then, you know, uh, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't even looking for it. I, I'm not the kind of person that looks for things in movies. It's just, mm-hmm. I, it was just some subtle things that I happened to catch that uh, happened to be right, and I was like, oh, no, I ruined the movie for myself. <laughs> How dare you I? Looked- <laughs> how dare I look at these details? <laughs> yeah, how dare you pick up on things that are so blatant? <laughs> and I, I mean, I thought it was all right. Um, I, 
I'm not the kind of person that enjoys. I mean, I like the Day of the Dead. I don't like um, things. I don't like. Um, how do I put this? Whenever you watch a movie, and it's based around Mexico, it's always about the Day of the Dead, because Mexico. Yeah. There's nothing more in Mexico. It's just the Day of the Dead, and that's it. Yeah, and there's only the day of the dead. You go to Mexico and it's just sugar skulls and sombreros and tequila. I wouldn't mind. I mean, I do love sugar skulls. Yeah, I'm that's what gonna... sells, money. That's what sells. Go to my apartment and it's all sugar skulls. It's all sugar. My know, grandma Juan... thinks I worship the devil because I have sugar skull members. I mean, Juan I is a sugar skull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just uh, whenever I see that, and I knew that that's what this was. I'm not gonna pretend that it wasn't. That I, I was like, oh my god, I can't believe uh, they did this uh, because uh, I also watched um, the Tree of Life, which yeah. uh, was also okay, and I liked it. I uh, I need to get around to watching the Tree of Life. I don't think yeah. I finished it. I, I I hear that people say that the Tree of Life is worse than Coco. Uh, I can't say because it's been a while since I watched The Tree of Life, but I feel I remember thinking The Tree of Life was mediocre, and the only good thing to come out of The Tree of Life was the character designs for the twin cousins, uh, the ones with the uh, big sombreros. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. Mark really liked it. Yeah. Uh, I really like it, maybe, but I've I've seen it. I mean. Yes, I can't as, even as, tell you. As an, innumerable. Expert, as an expert in Coco, Miguel, as somebody who I'm sure has gone out of his way to be like, all right, well, I'm, I mean, I'm going to watch this. I might as well see what the commentary is about because your daughter loves <laughs> this movie so much. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about Coco. I mean, I think it is kind of important to have a movie like that. I, I certainly haven't seen anything like that. Uh, and by like that, I mean having to deal with... Uh, the Mexican culture, you know, all of us here are, are Hispanic, I imagine, or of Mexican descent. And the only thing that you ever really get to see about Mexico in movies, it's just drugs. That's like it. They only go to Mexico to either get drugs or Or get killed for getting drugs or to do drugs. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. (laughs) You see what is that's, that's (laughs) it. But to see this, yeah, that movie that was important. I think that's something good for at least my daughter to see. You see the yes. heritage, the culture, and of course, yeah, the cotton on a Day of the Dead. That's all you see now. Mm-hmm. Sugar skulls, sugar skulls, sugar I mean, skulls. It, but it does sell. It is the um, one of the it's, biggest. It's the uh, Christmas of Mexico. It's the Christmas <laughs> of Mexico. <laughs> You're gonna see it more now here in Del Rio. I saw some of it last year, whereas before. I I've mean, never nobody. Seen it. Yeah, no. Uh, here in Del Rio, nobody gave a shit about it. You'd have to cross a border to go see, um, even anything about. Uh, yeah, you can't even get Rio. sugar skulls here in Del Rio. Yeah, yeah, and and was, yeah. And I really want to get a natural sugar skull. I've been wanting it. My grandma some... used to get them all the time, and like she'd be like, "And remember not to eat all of it." And then I eat all of it. <laughs> yeah. My, one time, my godmother, I told him that I wanted a skull thinking that they understood me as a sugar skull she literally went to a cuña and got me a ceramic uh like <laughs> grotesque skull with like oh, molding, molding skin and like bugs and worms and spiders coming out oh and, she, and i was scared of it and then she was like what didn't you want this oh and i was i couldn't say no because i didn't know how to describe the sugar skulls i thought they would understand calaveritas <laughs> but obviously not 
I, uh, I thought you were going to say that she brought you an actual human skull. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> that thought you were great. getting to. Like, I thought that's what you were leading up to. I was like, See, because man. he talks about Mexico, and I'm so indoctrinated in all this <laughs> horrible talk about Mexico. I just think that Grandma's going to come back with a human skull from the drug war. <laughs> But she just she just saw it on the side of the road and she's like, oh, well, ah, there it is. Just another day in Here Mexico. Here you go, I put some. I made it nice and sweet for you. I put some sugar. Oh yeah. <laughs> but you know well, the, the thing, uh, if you have you know really seen Coco and so much of it, Noni may just seem like, oh yeah, this is. There's nothing outstanding about it. Mm-hmm. If you sit down and look at it, you can see the mannerisms. The way the grandma talks, you know, the abuelita, it was so spot on. The way she Pretty acts, much. the way the family acts yeah. was uh, dead on. They even got the arm fat flap of the abuelita <laughs> perfect. And you can, was, as soon as you start watching the movie and they introduce some of the characters, you can immediately identify somebody in your family that you're like, ah, they remind me of this person. Yeah, and that was amazing because, you know, usually you see a movie and yeah, most of the stuff we see is just a bunch of a bunch of white people and you'll say oh yeah that's crazy uncle whatever or whatever but this was a direct analog just to be able to yeah. see that on the screen have it be the most popular thing in the world right now you still can't go buy cocoa merchandise it's all sold out for god months still they're not going to have a shipment in or whenever they get something it's gone and you you can't get your daughter that that guitar that she's been wanting well, my mom I bought would, it for her. I was really surprised at how well received it was in China mm-hmm. and Japan. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I've I've uh, listened to some of the music there in uh, in Japanese. They, uh, you know, that song, that main one. Uh, what yeah. is it? Pollo Loco. That one. <laughs> I've had to listen to it in Japanese, fucking Chinese, English, Spanish. It's a I, good song. I really Somewhere. wanted to watch the movie in Spanish, but yes. because um, Mark's girlfriend was here, and even though she had already seen it, she mm-hmm. and she is not of Hispanic descent. She is a white girl from Louisiana, and even though she had already seen it, she wanted to watch it in English because she really liked the movie. But I, <laughs> I really wanted to watch it in Spanish because I was like, mm-hmm. I wonder if it's even better in Spanish than it is in English because my well, uh, my dad also loves the movie. Well, I wanted to watch it in Spanish because there's um, there's a lot of actors and actresses from novelas that I grew up with only because my mom would watch them and they came out in, in these shows and you need to think that these actresses, they had to do everything. Like they had to act, um, they had to sing. Uh, a big one that I was uh, like really surprised about is um, this actress called Angelica Valde, Valle, Angelica Valle, and she's um, she's uh, Mama Imelda. Uh, she's the one that sings Yorona. Oh yeah. So in, in Spanish, that's her singing. You know that that's her mm-hmm. singing. That's her acting. But she's I like her because not only does she do acting, she used to do novela. She she does singing. Um, she also does parodies you know back in the day you know parodies were big in mexico and she could you know be these characters these these politicians these other actresses and she does it really spot on and i really liked her for that 
Um, I'm going to have to watch it in Spanish now. At least the next five times that it plays <laughs> here in the house, I'll watch it in Spanish. That That is a really good song, though. And that, that was the other great thing about it. They did not fucking subtitle it. Whenever yeah. there is Spanish, they just let it be Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what they say is more of a flourish as opposed to something important, so it doesn't alienate the uh, the non-Spanish speaking audience, mm-hmm. which is probably a reason yeah. that it did as good as it did. Oh yeah, I mean, did you hear? But I didn't see it in the theaters, but I heard um, that in the initial run, like the first week it was out, or that first weekend oh, at least, I, yeah, it I was that thirty-minute. It was like a thirty-minute short. Yes. Before oh, the, the Olaf movie. short that everybody hated. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Talking yeah. about, you know, that you should be accepting of others and everything. I mean, they felt that they needed to put that primer in there for all the for all the white people going to watch <laughs> that movie. Yeah. The, uh, they did wait, it out, though, I think, for the first weekend. Yeah, I think, like, the first week that the movies uh, came out, I went with my sister. And I knew that it was going to happen. Um, but I didn't know it was going to be that long. So when we went in... My sister and I just stared at each other. We're like, when is the movie going to start? <laughs> it's been half an hour already, and we're we're here for Coco. We're not here for fucking, you know, Frozen. Yeah, for this shit. Yeah. And, and everyone was around us was confused. They're like, what movie is this? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were watching a Mexican boy. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast, and the guy, he's a dad, and he took his, like, three kids to watch this movie and by the time the short was over they were like can we go home you know is it is it ready to go is it time to go because it was just so damn long yeah. that must have been awful taking kids to see that but you know <laughs> overall it does have you know the good message about family and all that shit but i really thought the way that the grandma acted with miguel just the breaking of the guitar everything like that i mean that shit that, that my willita has done that is it, shit it was, that my family still does to this day Yes, mm. to this day. That's just how it is. Because I mean, the director was not Mexican, but the co-director. So you got to, mm. I don't know what the split really is. It's certainly not 50-50, but uh, what was his name? Oh, I can't think of it now. But the co-director is uh, at least of Mexican descent. Mm-hmm. And you can you can really see it. I mean, damn. I mean, everything was spot on with the way that the family dynamics the the anger Word. that I felt when they acted exactly the, the exactly as they should have as a Hispanic family yeah. was spot on too. <laughs> that was it was just that was great and that's of course something I've never experienced before in any movie that I've seen before being able to see yourself there in the mm-hmm. film and of course the main character's name is Miguel so that was <laughs> that was just one more <laughs> point you, for you, that. it is literally your self insert. <laughs> yeah Which, yeah uh, i don't have to try it too hard with that i mean i uh, you, if you if you dig a little bit more if you want to be i guess even not even really digging but if you want to be somewhat facetious mm-hmm. you could say that uh the movie is kind of even an allegory for uh troubles on the border is it right there oh, the yeah, the movie? It's, yeah it's right yeah, there you know the hector's yeah. trying to get back over he can't they have this whole system in place to identify you to mm-hmm. see, you know, are you supposed to be going over there or not? So that, that was there. That was an interesting little aside that's, that's to cute. be able to say that. I really like it. I want to show it to my dad. Um, so but he can in Spanish. Cry. Well, but in Spanish, because I want to show him and be like, look, this is Angelica Valle or Marco Antonio Solis, who, who did the, the, the villain of the movie. 
um, just so he can be like, oh yeah, I remember that voice. That voice is this actor, or oh yeah, this this person, you know, that's her singing. You know, that is the actress singing because she does a really good voice. Yeah, oh, um, that would be neat. Did yeah, any of y'all cry? Oh, I shed a tear, but um, only because I. It's not that I saw it coming. It's that um, my parents like to watch movies and shit up here, and they put it all super loud. So even though I, um, even though I had the general idea of what was gonna happen in the movie, I didn't know what was gonna happen until the end. Until I remembered, oh yeah, I remember he was singing a song to his grandma because I just passed by and that's what I saw. So I, so I prepared myself because uh, I kind of spoiled the movie for myself in that way, mm-hmm. unknowingly. Yeah. So uh, I didn't cry as much as I probably would have. Did your but I did shed a tear. Cry? My dad's a baby. My dad's my dad's just as bad as me about everything. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he's a he's a little girl. <laughs> he's a oh, little manly man. girl. Uh, I don't think I've hardly ever seen my dad tear up, like ever. But he did tear up uh, in that scene where he's, uh, you know, singing to Coco, "Remember me," uh, when the father is singing it to the flashback. That's where I teared up too the first time i saw it my wife cries at the end of the movie every time she sees the movie uh and of course she is pregnant right now so that that adds Uh, to it yeah no man that uh, that villain was pretty cold man yeah i i do have to say i would love to see that story um the story of the two mariachis the leaving your family behind and doing all of that i would love to to watch a tragedy of that yeah Um, yeah I feel like that'd be a really good story because even just the little, the little tidbit that they showed of that flashback was fucking mm-hmm. great. I mean, he's that's it's. They were Disney movies had been very dark, you know, in the past. You know, going back fifties, there were some dark episodes there. But I have not seen a recent Disney movie have something so dark in it. Murder. I mean, like that. <laughs> that guy just was just so cold hearted. He was ready mm-hmm. to kill him. At the drop of a hat, he had yeah. poison with him already, and I mean, he made a movie about it. And he yeah, stole he his made songs. A fucking movie about it. <laughs> that, that's what he did. That's how bad he felt that he just made that movie. He was like, was, "Okay, I feel better now, I guess." But, yeah, that, I mean, he was ready to kill his own great great grandson, grandson, just like nothing. Yeah, yeah. Which when when there's previews and trailers of the movie, I thought he was. Based off of Pedro Infante, and then Pedro Infante did a cameo yeah. in the movie. Yeah, he's there in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> I, I I liked all the little cameos that were on there. My favorite had to be El Santo, because I oh, didn't yeah. expect oh, yeah. that. Of course. <laughs> of, I, mean, I guess he has to be there. If they're going that deep, he has to be there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite cameo... Slash, I guess Easter egg. I don't know if it's considered an Easter egg. Is when Frida, Frida was there, mm-hmm. but when Mama Imelda saying Yorona, my sister freaked the fuck out and started smacking my arm. I was like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" She's like, "She's like, it's Yorona." I was like, "Yeah." And and well, the to make the long story short, um, that song Yorona does have ties to Frida uh, because the 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 artist, I forgot her name, and that's that's terrible of me. Um, she was in a relationship with, with Frida, and it was a female. Oh, really? It was a, yeah, it was like a lesbianic relationship. Yeah. So so she's like, if Frida shows up, of course this song had to show up. Oh, no, that is an Easter egg. That hasn't even appeared on any list. 
not that I've seen. So now that's a deep cut. Yeah, that's, and that uh, and that song supposedly is about Frida. It was like it was a love song for her. Oh wow, nice. That is cool. Back to the the Black Panther of Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty close, right? And, yeah, I mean the the way that people were speaking about Black Panther, I feel like there was that same. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, when you when you uh, not praise. pride. Yeah, there was that same pride when it came to Coco, which mm-hmm, is neat. I... And now the uh, Black Panther of Asians, uh, Crazy Rich Asians. Is uh, oh, Peter's yeah. doing well? <laughs> yeah, the Black Panther of all of Asia. <laughs> I kind of want to see that. Yeah, uh, me too. I'll have to ask my friend for Dallas. He's from Singapore. What he thinks of that movie, if it's yeah. at all accurate. I, from what I've heard, it's a good movie, which is surprising because I I expected that to just be uh, like um, a stereotypical yeah like, right just, that's what i thought too something perpetuating a bunch of stereotypes and just yeah. um basically being the um hangover of asians mm. like right right now what i think it is a, yeah, it's a asian movie made by actual you know yeah. asians so yeah. so that's neat and it really is a a good movie i think it'll stand the test stand the test of time it will become a true disney classic and compared to a bunch of other films that i've seen uh it's a lot better going back with what you were saying about how you know there's sugar schools everywhere now or they're they're popping up more and more um so i i browse tumblr to get inspired and do like for my paintings and illustrations but every once in a while i come up with like these dumbasses that that are kind of like, I don't know what what's with them, but you know they they have to kind of tell everybody you know if you're not Mexican, don't use don't sugar school. Yeah, or, that mm. that whole mentality is fucking stupid. When it comes to any, yeah. when it comes to any race, religion, yeah, just anything, mm-hmm. the appropriation of anything. But supposedly their argument is you're, you know. Um, you're appropriating my my religion or your my culture, and I'm thinking this isn't part of a religion. You know, sugar schools, yes, they they're specific to a certain region, and from that region, it just traveled around Mexico, but it's not part of a religion. It's maybe it has ties to the Catholic faith, but it's not specifically, you know, a Catholic thing. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. it's like saying, you know, um. You're appropriating the Aztecs, um, and you're not even Aztec. Yeah, yeah, they don't even know what they are. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but what got really annoyed is, you know, I'm I'm big into schools. You know, I got it. I get it from my dad because my dad is big into La Santa Muerte, and I kind of into. um, But what gets me annoyed is again, I'm getting inspired to do um, a Santa Muerte because because it's getting close to her day, you know, for Day of the Dead and Halloween. And um, I I see a post uh, of this. No, well, part of it. But I see a post of this. These people are saying, hey, if you're not Mexican, you can't pray to La Santa Muerte. Or, you know, La Santa Muerte is just for drugs and and the the cartels. So you shouldn't be praying to her. And I'm just like, holy fuck, do you not, you know, educate yourself? Do you not 
um, you know, proofread what you're saying because all of that is false. But uh, going back to the sugar schools, um, I just hope it doesn't get burnt out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it seems like we're at peak saturation. Everything yeah, will burnt out after eventually. But like even now, if you go to um, uh, in Austin, there's a company Consuela. That's a uh, company that's based out of Austin, Texas. Consuela is the name of the company. It's not run by a Hispanic or Mexican person. Mm. It's run by a white woman, mm. and they put out these bags. You can buy them at Russell's or wherever. They're a higher end bag, and now one of the most popular prints is a sugar skull kind of print or pattern so there is you know good appropriation bad appropriation whatever everybody takes something from from something generic, generic sugar school number five yeah yeah <laughs> this is how it goes i mean there wouldn't be anything interesting without appropriation, appropriation. are we just not supposed to watch it's, it's better to be anime remembered or, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, better to just, be remembered than there's to be different kinds of course though there's, yeah well, harmless of, and toxic well speaking of appropriation and tying it back to san japan you know there were a lot of people wearing kimonos and well not kimonos you got this yeah you know just walking around i would i would have thought someone would have just popped a, a vein or popped a vessel I mean, uh, because there's there were non-japanese people yeah but at the same Japanese I, clothing I, I would hope that those people aren't prevalent in don't stick out as much as they would. I would hope that at an anime convention, um, people would be more open-minded to all that to all the ridiculous bullshit that goes on. True. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, everybody would be getting mad at everybody for either yeah, and that's, cross-dressing that's a, or that's the great um, um, a great way to illustrate the difference between normal, okay, acceptable appropriation and toxic. Is you have that, you're at an anime convention. Everybody loves Japan. That's why they're there. Go ahead. Wear the kimono, you know, walk around with it, what have you. Now, you mm -hmm. go to, now it's Cinco de Mayo, and you're in a bar, and there are people dressed up in serapes and sombreros, waving their stuff around, saying that they're lazy, drunk Mexicans. That's different. Yeah. And you have to be able to see it and recognize it so if the person's walking around making their eyes all slanty saying oh look at me i'm a japanese <laughs> that's where you're like okay that's yeah bad. you gotta be like hold yeah. on round eye let me yeah. tell you what Jesus. <laughs> hold on gaijin hold on hold on bakagaijin <laughs> Coco was a good movie Coco was a good movie Coco was a good movie how many Coco beans how many cocoa beans? I mean, uh, uh, I, uh, I would have to say I'd give it uh let's go ahead and say I'd give it four cocoa beans. I'd give it four, four to five point seventy five. Four point seventy five cocoa beans. Yeah, I think I'm around I haven't really seen any glaring issues with with cocoa all the times that I've seen it. It does have a really good flow. The thing I appreciate it I appreciate most about it is that it never lags. There's never really a moment in the film where the, the one time a lot where of I thought movies... it was gonna lag was where? when Coco was in the pit. I felt like, oh, here mm. comes a here comes a downtime. But that yeah. they were only down there for like what a minute? Yeah, or two? you get oh, you, you get a big reveal. Like, yeah, and then they get out when they fall into the, yeah. when they get thrown into the cenote. Yeah, that, that was uh, 
another cool thing. That was another cool thing about, you know, that you see in Mexico and South America that you don't have anywhere else in the world are those cenotes, those sinkholes. Yeah. They only occur there. Um, that there was, yeah, there's really no, none of that bullshit. There's no montages. Thank God. There's no, you see this scene in a shit ton of other kids movies. And it's the scene where the main character is with the side characters going on the little journey or whatever. They mm-hmm. basically compress a several days or whatever. Amount like, of, yes. Yeah. 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 Several, you know, they compress it down to this little two minute thing and there's a song playing over it. I hate scenes like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there was the, nothing like that in Coco. The flow mm-hmm. of this movie is pretty, it was really good. Yeah. Also, also you have to point out that um, this movie handles I mean, death is part of life, so this movie just handles it like if it was normal. They, uh, they, but they make death even scarier. <laughs> because <laughs> you're, <laughs> you're forgotten and you die again. True. Nobody you die knows forever. what happens. True. Yeah, so that's... those kids better remember their grandparents. Yeah, you better yeah, fucking better remember, fucking you remember. motherfucker. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is a scarring that, movie, that, Miguel. Well... You shouldn't be showing this to your daughter. <laughs> Well, that's all right. I mean, I'll just be like, see, this is what's going to happen if you don't remember me. (laughs) If you don't build a statue like they did for Bender in Futurama. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Portate bien, mija. Yeah, that that ain't going to work. She'll just end up still smacking shit out of Whatever did. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's how it'll be. That that raises an interesting point, though, because in the few scenes in the film, there are uh, uh, what you could presume to be Aztec people. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who who is remembering them? The only thing I could think of is the people and that get I, the tattoo on their chest. Yeah, just like uh, the, you know? the stereotypical person that just so happens yeah. to match that uh that tattoo. Yep. <laughs> like I remember you, Montezuma. <laughs> <laughs> Cause there ain't no fucking pictures of that, so the, the, the rules kind of change. Well, it, it's kind of I don't know it, that. That idea is kind of universal because the ancient Egyptians also had that that idea where um, people die twice. You know, one yeah. is physically, and the second one is you know, if the last person on Earth that remembers who you are or you know that knows who you are dies. You know, mm-hmm. once they're yeah. gone, they're you know you're gone too. Yeah, then you're gone too. Yeah, and then they did the they when they one of the interviews they said yeah they based that off of the yeah they were doing that film off the uh, that that idea of the multi the multiple deaths mm-hmm. which is another interesting thing it's another nice kind of thing to yeah, give to cute. kids you know mm-hmm. or you just know. to people in general if you're not some fucking ugh, just a nihilist just like ah whatever it doesn't yeah, matter it's yeah. gonna, it's gonna yeah, die stuff happens get over yeah. it <laughs> get over it get over it have have your little have your little moment when you're 26 years old make a song about it get over it uh, put it out on SoundCloud. Make it an intro for one of the podcast episodes. You'll get it. You'll get over it. <laughs> and that's how you fight through your and quarter then, life you know, crisis. Yeah, you'll fight through your quarter life crisis. And everybody has it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, don't worry about it, sometimes people end up dead. But you know, you'll survive. I have faith in you, kid. <laughs> You're strong. <Yeah. laughs> You're going to go far, kid. <laughs> Get rid of your family, ignore everybody, kill your best friend, you'll get steal the stuff, you'll go far in this life. I guess we could end the podcast here. I uh, guess we could. Yeah, I gotta cut out probably a good thirty minutes from there, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh in order well, that to That was a lot of fun. Yeah. 
we should do this again some other time. I'll still put this out as a filler. Monster is coming, I promise. Monster is on its way. This has been the Magical Broadcast episode special. Uh, if you would like to blah, 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 you can blah, blah, blah at mbtpodcast at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are at Magical Broadcast. On Facebook, we are facebook.com forward slash mbtpodcast. I have been the biggest liar, Nuni. And my uh, now firstly introduced, hey, Juan. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Say uh, goodbye. And Miguel, it was nice having you. Say yeah, bye-bye. it was a good time. And remember, remember, folks, uh, meet the feebles. Meet the feebles. <laughs> meet the feebles. They're not your ordinary. We're all afraid of going away. If you can look back and tell us it's okay, write a star wave with a grin for me. And remember what it was like to be grounded on earth, running through your mind, leaving the stories we all made up behind. Keep towards the light and ignore the dark. But if there's something more, please don't snuff the spark.